Welcome, friends and fiends. This is your host, film critic and comedian, Nate Wyckoff. And I'm here to tell you about an exciting giveaway that Warner Brothers Discovery and Colton Classic Films LLC has put together to build your 4K Ultra HD film collection on digital. We are giving away four codes which contain digital 4K Ultra HD versions of Rebel Without a Cause, Maltese Falcon, and Cool Hand Luke. These are films that you absolutely must know as a film buff. You can get this code by being one of the lucky four people we pull from our newsletter list. So go to coltonclassicfilms.com slash newsletter and give us your email and your name and we'll sign you up for the newsletter and we will enter you in the competition. That's all you got to do. So please go ahead and do that. The contest ends on April 30th and we will send out the winning codes on May 1st. Thank you so much for being a listener. And here's your episode of Colton Classic Films Podcast. Welcome to Colton Classic. <laughs> Welcome, friends and fiends, to another episode of Colton Classic Podcast. This is the podcast where we bring you two thematically linked films, the first mainstream and the second cult, and discuss them both. I'm your host, film critic and comedian, Nate Wyckoff. And as always, I am super excited because uh, we have a great film lineup. Um, the theme for this pairing is more than meets the anime. Yes, I know. I really, really butchered the word anime to get this in there, uh, but you'll see why. Uh, we've got a great panel lined up too. our regulars. Greg Johnson. How are you doing, Greg? Oh, I'm I'm sick with Ligma. Uh, so. Um, and I just want to also say there is no Michael Bay in this, in this pairing. So no fear. And Jeffrey Tucker, how are you doing, Jeff? Uh, good, man. I, I, I normally come very unprepared. I hardly watch the films and then talk about them. Uh, this week I watched more films than, uh, well, TV show, uh, than was required of me. So I'm, I'm on, I'm, uh, you know, like a different person than I was before, I can't think of the word, but like a person that's changed into something different. Uh, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's, well, I, don't know. I, don't, I don't know. I don't, is it yeah, German? I don't, I don't think there's an English yeah. word for um, something that changes into something else. Um, yeah, whatever that think. is. This sound helps me remember things. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and we also have Mandy Longley. How are you doing, Mandy? I'm doing great. I feel like I'm just winning this week. Yeah, to- I know. Every. It's yeah. funny because I think our, our longtime contributor, Tad, uh, hasn't been on for a couple episodes because uh, he's had live things going on. And I think that all of our uh, negative energy and experience has now dumped on him. Um, so <laughs> thank you for being our personal Jesus Christ, Tad, and throwing yourself up there on that uh, on that cross. Well, I was so, going to say he's our portrait of Dorian Gray. He's just getting more miserable <laughs> and we're just thriving. <laughs> Don't walk into any fires, Tad. It'll be real bad for us. Uh, so the first in this pairing is uh transformers the movie 1986 actually it's 80 yeah it's 86 1986 um and then we also to pair with it for our cult feature is rojin z from 1991 which is an anime film uh written by katsuhiro otomo who most people know from his work on akira uh as the illustrator and writer of the anime series uh the, the excuse me the manga series and the anime film so uh, we're going to start with this part one episode, Transformers, the movie, 1986. I am in love with the Transformers. 
Um, I even found joy in the Michael Bay series, although Michael Bay is not, and we've talked about him quite a bit. Let's be real. I've talked about him quite a bit. Uh, and I think that he is a questionable filmmaker. Also, as we record this, his movie Ambulance starring uh, Jake Gyllenhaal uh, comes out tomorrow. Uh, anyway, it is what it is. Uh, <clears throat> Back to the point. Transformers, the movie, 1986, with no Michael Bay. This is the animated uh, feature film that hit theaters that came out uh, under Sunbow and Marvel because Marvel was handling the comic book content at the time. And it is, uh, it is part of the television animated cartoon series based off the Hasbro toys Transformers. Now, everybody pretty much is familiar with Transformers at this point as toys. They transform from vehicles uh, and weapons and things like a big gun or uh, a Mack truck into walking, talking, fighting robots. There's a whole mythos behind Transformers. The animated series is much beloved. It is a fantastic and highly adult series actually uh, for kids. And the Transformers movie falls right after season two of the four season original series. There were several series afterwards that only aired in, the, in Japan. Uh, because they always get the cooler robot shit than we do. But this is quite the movie, in my opinion. <laughs> We're going to talk about the pluses and the minuses. Also, some of you may have been lucky enough to see Transformers the movie in theaters, either when it aired in 1986 or this year, 2022, when they did an anniversary screening on the big screen, uh, sort of coupled with Shout Factory's 4K update release uh this is the version for many years there was only there were only edited versions available of the film on vhs and dvd and then there was a a they went back to the original negatives and did a widescreen transfer and they kept in a lot of stuff and shout factory has used the new transfer uh, in fact a, a better transfer of that version so we'll jump right in here what is the plot mm, well there's a four there's <laughs> This is gonna get hazy. I'm just gonna give you the real broad strokes. There's a planet called Cybertron where there are robotic life forms called Transformers. And there are two distinct groups. There are the, the uh, Autobots who are essentially the good characters and they're the Decepticons who are the bad characters. Now, I don't know why any group would name themselves uh, Decepticon if they weren't planning on being a bunch of jerkwads, but that is what happened. Uh, and at this point in the storyline, when the movie airs, uh, Cybertron has been taken over by the Decepticons. The Decepticons have won, and there are several moon bases to Decepticon controlled by the Autobots, and the Autobots have a new Cybertron city located on Earth. The movie takes place in 2005, which was in the distant future way back in 1986. Um, I can, here's the thing. Being in our reality of 2022, I wish 2005 looked like this, like a, a robot civil war that spread to our banks in a bleak future is so preferable to pandemics and Russian war. I just, I can't, it was like watching a utopia that we'll never have. Can we stop uh, making movies that take place in a far flung future <laughs> that we will easily surpass if not for automobile accidents and other bad shit? I kind of feel like I kind of feel like I, I get where they were coming from with this because um, I can't imagine that anybody stepping on this vehicle, this project said, um, well, what am I working on? Oh, it's a show based off a bunch of toys about robots that turn into <laughs> Volkswagens. Um, 
yeah, we can do whatever we want. Nobody's going to remember this. And then it becomes a cultural zeitgeist. Yeah. So uh, it takes place in 2005. Basically, this is the movie where like beloved heroes and villains both get annihilated left and right. And then at the end, we don't even get them coming back to life necessarily. We just get a new hero rising. Um, it's 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 dark. This is a this is the most brutal Transformers film that has ever been created, in my opinion. Uh, and uh, you know that's not counting if you you know look at Mark Wahlberg's performance in Age of Extinction. Uh, not totally his fault. Uh, that script was pretty rank. Now, some of your favorite characters are here: Hot Rod, Alt. <laughs> Ultra Magnus, Optimus Prime. I'm looking at the faces of my uh, of my co-hosts here, and I will tell you that they are like, why are you listing uh, Autobots and Decepticons? But everybody's here, including some new people. The reason I'm mentioning it before we get to how we feel about this movie is because the voice talent for these characters is incredible. Um, we have, of course, returning vets from the show itself, like who, who were show runners. Um, Optimus Prime has the best voice in history next to Lorenzo Music voicing Garfield. Um, we have, uh, I'm getting so many text messages. Why is everybody trying to ruin the pod? I, I can't even, this was Orson Welles final performance before he died at 70. He plays Unicron, uh, who is also the new variant of uh, COVID that will be hitting you next year. <laughs> um, we have uh, 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 Greg Berger coming back as Grimlock, the T-Rex robot, which is always one of my favorites. Uh, Peter Cullen, of course, is Optimus Prime and Ironside. And Peter Cullen is well known as a voice actor um, even today. I mean, it, it's he, he, op he does Optimus Prime in the Michael Bay films. Like he is Optimus Prime. That is what he does. That is, he orders coffee and they're like, here you go, Optimus. That's how he rolls. Um, we also have Leonard Nimoy playing Galvatron, uh, which is the souped up version of Megatron. And uh, I, I mean, there's just an amazing voice range. Like, and of course, Leonard Nimoy also returns and does a different character in the second Michael Bay Transformers films. But again, this podcast contains no Michael Bay. Uh, Jeff, I know you're a Transformers fan. Had you seen this film before? I'm assuming the answer is yes. What did you think this go around? You know what? I actually don't know if I've seen this. I think I watched a lot of the show, um, but I actually don't know if I saw this movie when I was a kid. Um, if I if I did, I didn't really remember it at all. Um, in fact, it's the reason I went and watched some other stuff was because I was trying to, like, you know, recall the the stuff mm -hmm. that I did remember. Um, and you know, I. I very clearly like this the idea of transformers is like so huge um and so good that you know it's it, it like you said this is a show literally designed to sell toys like it wasn't like not even it's like such a thin veneer like it's, it's, <laughs> yeah there's no uh like most of the most of the episodes they're just introducing a new character essentially to sell a new product um and you know if you think we're way... kidding the the ultimate villain who is famous megatron he transformed not into a tank at first not into, he transformed into a laser pistol which another character had to hold and fire the reason it's being so weird. the original toy could transform into a laser pistol that kids could hold in their hand that was like the logic anyway continue yeah so 
anyway, so the the uh, the weight of you know having to to basically sell toys, uh, it it's still fun. Like the whole like the 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 show in these movies are still very fun. Um, it. The, I think the thing that shocked me, like right off the bat when watching this film, was the flashing lights were a, a little much. Like the like any time Unicron was involved in a scene, I felt <laughs> like it needed like a photosensitivity warning. Like a, yeah, it's an epileptic's nightmare, honestly. Like, yeah, it was super flashing. It was a little intense for me. Like I don't know if it was like maybe technology back in 1985 was like the brightness of TVs was so low and they were so small that it was like, you wouldn't notice. Um, but you know, it, my massive screens with like, you know, extreme brightness, I was just like, yeah! <laughs> it was like, you know, I was shielding myself similar to the characters at the magnificence of Unicron. Um, Who is essentially a giant space anus. Yeah. Uh, that, he, know, he's, he's a planet. He's a galactic from seats. Marvel, but he's a giant planet with, a hole in it that is a very strange donut shape that spews air and electricity it's it's a very it's very odd uh yeah I, I noticed that as well um and the animation is quite nice obviously it's slightly stepped up from the show there are moments where i'm like did the animator die but really it's pretty good and for a for a classic 2d animator like an 80s anime lover kind of thing it really is just glorious i, I just see. love the animation in this time period because it's it's so detailed Same. you still get this in like japanese animation mm -hmm. um but they like it really is like they're they're painting a you know beautiful painting um and then slightly animating it um so it's yeah. really a, like a different feel than than you know modern animation which is like far more realistic and and more um standardized like, from scene to scene yeah yeah exactly yeah there's you're there's not like surprises you're not like oh what is that this is kind of like some weird art um mm -hmm. that like you you don't even necessarily understand what you're looking at at first which i like right it's it's almost Same. a little bit abstract um so yeah i mean I, I do love all that stuff i i did go and watch like a couple episodes like i think the like the characters on some of like the episodes of the show are better um like yeah i i really remember the skyfire introduction episode like i don't know why mm -hmm. that one's imprinted on my mind but um that one just had like a better narrative like this one you know it, it like you just kind of like throw in robots it's one robots action scene after kill. the other like mm -hmm. it's i yeah i don't think i've ever seen an action movie with so with this much action like there are very yeah. few moments and what does that leave well it leaves zero character development right yeah. um it's you don't get like, to know anybody it's just like yeah. yeah i watched this with my wife who is not a, a transformers buff and it, it was one of those things where not not entertained but just sort of like it it seems to me i equate it it's probably for someone who doesn't didn't watch the transformers cartoon uh like recently it's probably akin to seeing an opera or something if you don't speak italian and you don't and you're not familiar with operatic narration like it's just oh, this is an entertaining thing to watch. I can tell that some of these things continue from scene to scene and other things <laughs> are different. Mandy, had you seen this movie? Um, and and if not, or so, what was your take this time around? I had not seen it. Um, I vaguely remember Transformers 
which I don't even remember us really watching on TV very much, but I feel like we had a couple episodes that we had on a VHS that we just watched over and over again. Um, one of them being like the Optimus Prime being brought back from the dead. Yes. Yeah, the return that of that's the, the actual the yeah. final of the U.S. Uh, version. Which uh, was, was season three. It's considered yeah, yeah. season three, yes. Yeah, yeah, but I feel like we had that on VHS and like we watched it like over and over and over again. And that's what I remember. I remember like them filling cubes with energy. Energon. 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 Yeah. yeah. And it was like the Decepticons were always trying to like sneak in and steal it or something. But I like just remember no, the, so the like, Decepticons were always trying to like sap energy from the earth essentially there was like almost every episode was the same it was there was some sort of mystical magical thing with the earth that they were going to exploit um that would eventually like cause disaster on the planet like they were like in um uh in one episode they go to a mountain and there's like this mountain like core or whatever and they're trying to sap the power of this core uh, but if they do, it'll like destroy the planet because like the the it'll the, the mountain will go, or something. Like, yeah, yeah. Super... and then there's I mean, another kind of episode... like what we're doing right now, I guess. In general, I was gonna say this right? is just like, uh, yeah. This is. I mean, know... they tried to tell us. They tried to warn us through exactly through yeah. the medium of Transformers, and we just did not listen at all. We learned no lessons, and here we are. Yeah, the, yeah, the irony so... of Transformers <laughs> is that we have. <laughs> Sorry, I have to interrupt because that's <laughs> yeah. what I do. It's my job as a podcast host so is to it interrupt is. my guests. Um, is is basically uh, the irony is the Earth at this point in the future twenty two thousand five had to have an alien race come to the planet to protect our planet's natural resources because we were so fucking stupid that we were just going to allow another another uh, another group of um white explorers aka decepticons come to the planet and uh reap all of its its natural splendor for themselves leaving it a dry dead husk um so we're not capable of doing that ourselves which is clear even in 1986 was very clear uh mm -hmm. and so we needed uh, uh uh robot protectors sorry mandy continue <laughs> so um so i guess i had seen some transformers i didn't really glean very much from it in my younger years uh i guess none of it made that much sense and i guess it still doesn't make a lot of sense but uh yeah i hadn't seen it i was expecting i guess basically um a more formulated longer storytelling version of the episodes that i vaguely remembered and all we got was just a longer episode <laughs> yeah well yeah. It was, actually they really the episodes actually usually had some sort of story thing and there was you know like you know somebody was kind of the main focus of that story like yeah skyfire's episode which I actually still like, and, and I went back, and I, I think it's actually really good still, is uh, it, he's like a lost explorer um, who uh, who was frozen on Earth. Actually, like Megatron in Michael Bay's film um, that they, they dig up, um, and he was frozen before the Decepticons and Autobots had, like, separated into, like, this divisive groups. Um, and since Decepticons found him, they kind of like indoctrinated them into their views. Um, and like throughout the episode, he's like, well, I don't agree with your views. Um, I, I, and you know, 
eventually turns on them and joins the Autobots. Um, but it, you know, it's it actually had like you know a character and character development throughout the episode. I think that's probably the high point on the episodes. Uh, so I don't think I don't think every episode had that level of character development. Um, but you know that the the episodes were a, a little bit more um, uh, character focused rather than action focused. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is all action, and I um, took away from it that someone just left on a 1980s radio in the background to make the soundtrack the soundtrack is so bomb it is the best <laughs> 80s rock it is all Greg 80s is, Greg is shaking his head already but it, it is literally amazing. just like someone left the radio on in the background so, like it didn't feel like very much of it had to do with what was going on with the action that was happening it's true it's the same song over and over again which is exactly well, like listening to the radios in yes. the 80s because there were only so they, five songs so like, <laughs> it's true. and they have a very kids. famous song that became famous in this film stan bush's the touch which yeah. i oh not irritate. weird al's dare to be stupid weird al is also <laughs> on the soundtrack with dare to be stupid um we have stan bush's the touch we have another song from stan bush um we have lion's performance and of the extended version of the theme song to transformers which has some of the best shredding ever in a animated cartoon feature film seriously the guitar licks are sick in in lion's version go youtube it um yeah so it's interesting because as as jeff said the series like most of its time uh, and i think it's a pretty good system they're episodic meaning yes they're not just episodes but they wrap a narrative arc within the episode uh and that's why you have some two-part episodes like the finale of season three, which is the end of the U.S. series, um, the the re basically the resurrection of Optimus Prime, they that was part one and part two. Like you were very clearly told from the beginning of the episode with the title whether it was going to be one episode or a pair to wrap up the story. Um, and just to follow up, it isn't actually as we said the end of the American series isn't the end of the series. Um, after that, there is a sort of they call it season four sometimes, uh, which was. Uh, uh, four episodes or five episodes that were sort of recuts of other material um, and they were post season three stories and then there were multiple series uh in japan some later came to the u.s like the 3d animated beast wars and things uh, i bring that up because the sequel to bumblebee um the last live action film uh, that michael bay produced but did not put his dirty hands on i'm sorry i'm being too mean to michael bay today um but uh, you're welcome on the show, Michael. Uh, it, the 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 rise of the of the beast is the new uh, sequel to Bumblebee, which is sort of the second of the rebooted Transformers franchise post Bay. So, any who's it's yeah. Uh, before we go on to Greg, I I do think the soundtrack is pretty friggin' epic, and it is almost ear splittingly um, ever present, as you suggested. It literally is almost like there are very few scenes. Uh, where we even get we do get a few bits of the traditional tv show soundtrack of transformers but mostly it's just these five songs from the soundtrack uh on some form of reprise and um i was all for it uh i i'm just it's i need a trans am i'm selling my car i have to get an 80s trans am so i can play this soundtrack non-stop greg had you seen this movie before um and regardless what was your take on it this watch um, you know, I'm not sure if I had it all felt vaguely familiar. Um, I'm going to err on the side of no, though. 
Um, maybe it was just, you know, fucking memes online and whatever that <laughs> I, I felt kinship with. Um, but I, I think I'm with your wife and sitting through this, uh, this movie, I was like, man, I don't think I know anything about Transformers. Um, <laughs> there's a pretty famous blooper reel from the show Thundercats of the voice actors like saying their lines and one of them just what starts the fuck laughing is a, a thermal flange or whatever yeah <laughs> that's how i felt most yeah. of this film i i thought that i'd have to pay attention to rujin z a shit ton and i could kind of you know come in and out of transformers and but it, i think i think the opposite i think they both required a lot of a lot of focus to really be like okay like <laughs> like okay we're on a trash planet and there's like eric idols doing some mad max shit like what what are we doing um yeah yeah the the actual plot like just for people it's just a bunch of events taking place that take them from the start to what happens at the end there isn't like a like oh this resolves this it really isn't like everyone splits up because the decepticons blow the crap out of the earth's autobots base and everyone is in a bunch of different ships and they all go to different planets and have to fight their way out before they all go beat up unicron the giant robot space anus who turns into a giant robot space man uh, it really feels literally... like the the end of the transformers like i think the the character the, development is let's oh, end this shit let's be done with this once also for all blowing up autobots like <laughs> yeah. like autobots in particular get just their asses handed to them in this movie like as a kid this was a devastating because optimus prime was my guy like totally and he is he is brutally like killed in the beginning um and megatron who is my second favorite growing up because he also was awesome and we have to say um frank collin being the uh i mean uh frank welker being the famous voice actor who did megatron as well as other things cobra commander later all sorts of things uh he also gets brutally killed in like so starscream a fan favorite of the series who is the whiny backstabbing decepticon who really just wants to become the leader even though he's kind of wussy i do remember liking him a lot and he he lived up to it in this he does (laughs) he literally throws decepticon out of it out of an open airlock in space like dead weight throws him out while he's (laughs) while he's dying um and then himself gets blown like evaporated to dust uh, that was really good that that was. whole that whole bit of like starscream like megatron like like please like i'm still alive and starscream like oh you look dead to me out the door and then like <laughs> later Meg- like galvatron comes back and starscream's yes. like oh megatron he's like like you know who it is bitch and just like blows him away and you're like okay yep. Yeah, and and I do like that, again, it's that whole thing, you know, it's the Batman struggle where in, I mean, Batman has a great character development in the comics and things, but in the the movies, and he tends to be like the villains always take center stage because they're more interesting. The villains in Transformers are pretty boss. Uh, Megatron in particular is pretty killer and Starscream was always right there being like the toady that gets like spit on but also like secretly is like I love you but if Booney turns around like I'm gonna kill him uh and he finally gets his little moment uh I also really like some of the lines are pretty great despite the fact that the narrative is all over the place like um when the (laughs) when Starscream throws Megatron out of the ship and he's like I'm gonna be leader and then like the um uh 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 what are they called? The destructor. I, I totally am blanking. Um, they form 
oh devastator um the, the they're like they're like we should do it and then Soundwave, who is also a favorite uh he was one of the he was the decepticon version that turned into the tape deck um as a toy which was brilliant he's like i should be the leader and they're like you really a zero char charismatic idiot <laughs> just like like it's just the burns were great um there's also the autobots have a great line in the beginning like i've got better things to do later than die <laughs> like you know these that are some was great lines line. and and it's sort of like so we get those early on and then it just devolves into pure action madness like really it does um like i can see kids I can see why kids like me being so engaged by this because it's flashing lights and explosions and occasional quips. And then other times I can see adults being totally like zoned out and thinking about their taxes because it is like flashing lights and colors and just especially by you, you talk about when Weird Al Yankovic song Dare to be Stupid comes on. It's that should have been at the beginning. That should have been at the beginning. Because then I could have been set up to know, know. like, oh, <laughs> this is what we're doing. We're just we it's get, mindless bullshit. Okay. Yeah, we get we get some of the group is crash lands on the junk planet and while they're trying to fix their ship the decepticons attack but they also get attacked by um the 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 warriors of the junk planet led by Rekgar, and they're basically like modeled after um like i don't know some kid who thinks he's weird al yankovic's version of the mongols like they're the mongol warriors and they only speak in like 50s tv like infomercial jingle language like it's it's the inspiration for bumblebee losing his voice and having to talk to the radio and the michael bay films which is a great touch it was so good in fact that when they rebooted it with bumblebee they did it again um but this was the inspiration for it and record's a fun character like there's some cool touches like everything is thought out because the fact that these are developed to sell toys transformations kind of were important to them so the animated by animation bibles had like specific things they had to do when they transform and you'll actually see that some of the characters transformations are consistent from scene to scene which is kind of impressive but we gave we got some cool scenes with the junk bots where like they're all riding these Mo mad max motorcycles but when they get knocked over the motorcycle becomes the robot man and the man becomes the next motorcycle and they jump on each other and go it's just it's as my wife said it's the most weirdly homoerotic 90, <laughs> 80s movie ever um because it's nothing but 80s metal you can just see sparks and shirtless guys with big uh you know curled hair and 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 robots riding each other it really is true <laughs> Um, I do want to talk about one of the darkest moments in animated kids history to me, which is we get at the very beginning, we're introduced to Unicron, who, as I said before, if you're familiar with Galactus in the Marvel Universe, he eats planets. That's what Unicron does. He is a big planet with spikes that grabs on and eats planets and, and presumably grows or sustains himself. But he's a transformer, so he can become also a giant humanoid robot. Uh, which we see near the end. But we we are open the movie with an entire planet being destroyed by Unicron. Um, and this seems to be a nice bustling robot humanoid planet. Uh, and then in the middle, we have um, Hot Rod and, uh, and, and the, uh, the uh, dino bots and, and um, they're on this planet that they don't it's like a weird primal planet 
Um, and they're taken to this five-headed sort of Janus god, like king creature robot who just has a big pit filled with um, Transformer-esque robot like piranhas or or, or shark they're sharks. They're, they're shark decons, I think is what they call them. And <laughs> yeah. they actually have a baller toy, uh, both a new one and an old one. Um, but th- this is, it's like the tribunal and all they do is every creature they bring up and says guilty or innocent they say innocent and then they drop them into the pit to get eaten and we get this scene where our heroes are put in a jail cell next to what is told to be the last surviving member of that original planet from the opening that you've destroyed who then is dragged out told innocent and thrown into this pit he's nobody is saved in this movie if it looks like somebody's gonna die in this movie they die um, they're blown to pieces or they're ripped apart or whatever. Uh, and they really don't hold back because they get, you know, they're robots, quote unquote, even though they're living creatures in this universe, the rule of eighties and nineties American cartoons was that if it's a robot, you can do whatever you want. That's why the Ninja Turtles cartoon was like, well, the foot soldiers can't be people. They have to be robots because then we can have them decapitated, cut in half, like all these things. Um, but Green blood and black oil and you're good to go. Exactly. Um, you know, just have some smoke coming out. I mean, Megatron, when he's cast out, he's got tear, it's blood presumably, but they look like tears coming out of his mouth and eyes the whole time. It's really upsetting as an adult to watch. Um, but yeah, watching the destruction of an entire civilization and then the last surviving member of the race and then they're like that's not how i want to (laughs) go that's the line (laughs) um that was a that was just a dark moment um and then they get a ship and they leave uh as pretty much how it goes um they they first they get the 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 sharkatrons whatever to rebel as the good proletariats (laughs) they are and overthrow the masters I, which I told it spoke to me. Uh, it really did. Um, and uh, and yeah, and I I loved that. And I also I gotta say too, again, the voice acting was super boss as it was in the show. Scatman Crothers, I want to mention this was also his final film. Uh, being famous music jazz musician, also got to voice jazz in the series, and this was his final performance uh, or his final feature film performance. Um, yeah, so. We talked a lot about the little bits of this. It really is just madness from beginning to end, and it gets more so into the end. It is just very, very violent destruction, and I, I personally really enjoyed it. Um, there are so many characters that if you don't watch the show and aren't like, if you weren't a super fan kid, you're not going to know it. I do think it does a good job of fitting into the series in that it gives you something that they wouldn't have done in the episode show in that they killed the lead character of the series with this uh and gave us a new villain now this is common when they're trying to re-engage an audience it doesn't always work it doesn't usually work but this was quite a bold move to do it as a feature film um we mentioned Stan Bush's The Touch. I think a cool factoid is that Stan Bush gave this to the studio really thinking it was going to be in Rocky III. Uh, and they said, no, 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 no. Uh, we've got another song for Rocky III. Uh, don't worry, no one will remember it. Uh, and that's, of course, Eye of the Tiger. Um, and then, uh, uh, but Stan Bush's The Touch still became a massive hit for this film. In fact, the, they did later cut a music video with it, all sorts of things. Um, 
this crushed my heart as a kid uh, because Optimus Prime was my homie and watching him die was sad. And then the, the film sort of ends with the destruction of Unicron because the, uh, the Autobot leadership matrix which is sort of the MacGuffin hand of God item, which everybody's searching for. The only thing that can defeat Unicron, it transforms Hot Rod, who is voiced by none other than uh, Judd Nelson, to uh, become Rodimus Prime, which uh, again, if that doesn't sound like a late night gay Cinemax show, I don't know what does. Um, but yes, he becomes Rodimus Prime, defeats Unicron. By the way, they defeat Unicron by flying into one eye socket, shattering his glass eye, crawling into him, beating up his belly, at which point he's fighting, he's like King Kong standing on Cybertron, swatting things out of the space. And then he holds his belly because he has a robo tummy ache. And then they fly out of his other eye. Uh, and he literally explodes and sends his head spiraling into into orbit of another planet and we freeze frame on his orbiting severed head as credits roll and we get lion's full version of transformers the pretty metal pretty metal it is it is super metal i mean this this film this is like like it really to me um and we're wrapping up our time here uh, there's if you like anime, if you like robots fighting, if you like 80s animation, if you like 80s metal, if you like the original film, uh, the original heavy metal film, this is a really good pairing with it to me. Because although it's uh, it lacks the sex appeal of heavy metal, it has the metalness down. Uh, it is... It is just exploding robots and people and when they I mean they're humanoid when they get shot they they bullet ricochet back like a mobster film, you know, I mean I loved it I really did. Um, sure, it could have used a plot but I, I really think I think it was Ron Friedman wrote the script I think the concept was, is that the more plot we put in the less ridiculous action we can have. Um, and they opted to cut out any semblance of, of narrative structure to say, look, all we're doing is killing Optimus Prime and killing Megatron and giving two new, a new hero and a new villain for the next season. And that's exactly what they did. Um, and then they followed comic book logic by bringing them back. So I, I'm 100% on to watch this movie. Uh, I think it's it's trippy, it's crazy. I don't think kids necessarily care about this movie, nor would even enjoy this movie at this point because the show isn't there to boy it. I think this is for um, those of us who are millennials uh, that don't fit in at all with Gen Z or like myself are right on the cusp of Gen X, me and Mandy. Um, this is probably, I mean, there's there's just enough pitch black, Smashing Pumpkins-esque nihilism in this movie um, to speak to my sensibilities of like, yep, uh, this would be, uh, this is what would happen in the future if, if there were robots that were like us. Um, I'm going to give it a recommend uh, with, with those caveats. Greg, would you recommend Transformers the movie 1986? If so, why or why not? Uh, no, no. Um... <laughs> I think I think I think the pacing is fucking out of control in this film. It, it, it it's like someone that comes up and screams boo at you, and then just keeps screaming it for an hour and a half. You know, um, the first five seconds are pure adrenaline, and then and then you start to fade out, and then you stop hearing what's being screamed, and then you're just you're dead. Um, 
<laughs> if if you're a diehard Transformers fan, absolutely. There there are moments. I will I will say there was some very fun moments overall, but it just it it felt like a lot, and it felt like I stepped into a movie that takes place after two years of a kids' cartoon show, where I'm I'm at a loss <laughs> for what's happening. Um, you know, maybe maybe go see uh, 2009's uh, Astro Boy with Nick Cage. That's uh that's my <laughs> counter wreck. So enjoy that. Uh, all right. Uh, now Mandy Longley, would you recommend Transformers: The Movie 1986? If so, why and to who? I don't think so, but like if you often find yourself <laughs> listening to your local classic rock station on repeat, or you wonder what that whole Transformers thing was all about, and um, probably how much a general episode would have made sense to you as a seven or eight-year-old child, check out the movie, because you will relive, relive the experience that you missed. I also want to say that the uh, original movie poster for Transformers the movie is as epic as the soundtrack. It is truly masterful airbrush work. I, I totally love it. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can see it behind us here. Uh, and Jeff, would you recommend Transformers the movie 1986? If so, why and to who? All right. There's a reason that, you know, somebody thought in the 80s, if we have trans like these robots that transform into like you know cars and stuff, we can sell toys, and they were right. And then <laughs> in you know the two thousands, uh, bouncing breast and explosions enthusiast Michael Bay was like, I can use this same idea to sell Camaros, and he was right. <laughs> <laughs> this Money is kids. <laughs> <laughs> This is this uh, concept, I, I think, kind of transcends what is really like a mediocre film with like, you know, in, in terms of filmmaking uh, standpoint for just some kind of balls to the wall, silly fun. Um, uh, I, I would say, yeah, go back and watch it just just because it's like a cultural phenomenon. You know, it's just like it was it mm. was like part of. Uh, it's so, it's such a part of our culture. Um, you probably won't like it. You may have a seizure. Uh, it may be a horrible experience, but you know, sometimes you got to go through a horrible experiences to, you know, to evolve as a person. Um, which is why I made Jeff watch Legend of the Chupacabra, our last episode. Make mm -hmm, sure you catch mm -hmm. it. See, like, like, like Greg and Amanda, it's going to take a month to realize they needed to watch it. It's going to take me years to realize and stop hating you for, for making me watch Legend of Chupacabra. <laughs> There's a reason that I started this podcast after I got married uh, and showed Legend of the Chupacabra only last week. Because if I hadn't, I know that Jeff wouldn't have come to the wedding and uh, I needed him there. <laughs> so thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Colton Classic Podcast. This was part one of two of more than meets the NMI. Uh, I know, it, blame somebody else, pretend some, you know what, Tad made that title. How about that? Blame Tad. Uh, that's not true, I did. Uh, I'm Nate Wyckoff, your host. Catch us next week for 1991's anime film, Rojan Z by the maker of Akira. And we will talk to you then. Please follow us on all social media, Colton Classic Podcast. Uh, is our tag on Instagram as well as Facebook. And you can check out our videos, which I am still slowly uploading until we're all caught up on YouTube at youtube.com slash Colton Classic Podcast. And please, please, please get ready for our new release 
of our updated Patreon, which will have films available every month. It is super, super cool for all of you physical media lovers and limited edition lovers and art lovers. It is really going to blow you away. I'm super excited to give you more details every week. Um, hit the website and give your uh, email address to us so you can join the mailing list so we can tell you exactly what it is and when it starts. And I promise we won't spam you. And if you don't like us, you can unsubscribe at any time. So to play us out, as always, is The Chud with All About Evil. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Colton Classic Podcast. This podcast is important to me, but what's more important are the rights, privileges, and freedom from violence of everyone in this country and in this world. And that means supporting Black Lives Matter. If you'd like to make a donation, please go ahead and visit coltonclassicpodcast.com where we have a list of places you can donate and help out. And please stay safe.